would not perish but have everlasting life. Today we celebrate the resurrection. Lord, thank you for going to the cross. But Father, thank you for raising Jesus from the dead by the power and the glory of the Holy Spirit. And now he is seated at the right hand of the Father to make sure that we succeed, to make sure that we have life and have it more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, turn to Proverbs 1. But until we're going to get there in a moment, but, but turn there. You know, since the beginning of time, man has tried to find the meaning of life. You know, why are we here? And, and, and people, are, are they grasp at things and they have all kinds of, of thoughts and all kinds of concepts of, of life and, and God and, and gods and all these different things. But I'm here to proclaim that we celebrate today, Easter Resurrection Sunday, the death of religion. This is where religion came to an end, Resurrection Sunday, glory to God. There are many religions of the world, and each one of those religions thinks that they could be right, that maybe we have the right way, or many people think, all religions are right, and everything points to the same thing. Think about how crazy that could be. You don't have, if you were going to Texas today, you can't take any road you want to get there. Isn't that true? You can't. If you hopped in a plane, well, just fly, and you know what, we'll get there. No, that's not true either. You can't just fly and then suddenly get to heaven. It, it doesn't work like that. What is religion? Because we're talking about the death of religion on Easter Sunday. I looked up the definition in the New Webster's Dictionary, Anthesaurus, and it defines religion. Now, I looked at other places, and they define it a little bit differently, but they, they define it, religion, as man's expression of the divine. Now, let me... The New Webster's Dictionary and Thesaurus defines religion as man's expression of the divine. Man's expression. There's the problem right there. Anytime man expresses something regarding God outside of how God describes himself, there's going to be a problem. Well, say amen. amen. Well, what is true religion? Well, it talks about giving to the poor and taking care of widows. But true religion, I don't, I don't even like the word religion. You know, people say, oh, you're very religious. I love when they tell me that. And I'll tell them, no, I hate religion. And, and then, you know, their, their head tilts and, they you know, they start shaking and, you know, they start manifesting something because they can't figure out what in the world you're talking about. You know, I wrote true religion or relationship is not man's futile groping after God, but God's self-revelation to man. The climax of that revelation came in Christ. That's what true religion is. Well, what should you believe? Is it okay to believe any way you want to believe? People believe that. They think that. Well, that's, I'm glad that you believe like you do. That's great, and I believe what I want to believe, and we'll all live in peace. Look at the world. We don't all live in peace. It's a mess. Can you believe anything you want? <laughs> you can. If you believe anything you want, will that work? No, because if you believe that it's okay for me to go shoot everybody, it, you're going to be stopped pretty quick, hopefully. You know, a person can believe whatever they want, but it's not going to lead them to the right place. Is there really a higher being? I Proverbs 1, is there a creator? Does God exist? Now, I'm not talking about, remember, this is resurrection. We're going somewhere. Is there a God? Well, if the, you know, you hear all kinds of things about God. Well, he's out there somewhere, but he minds his own business. 
Praise God. Proverbs 1, verse 7. Proverbs 1, verse 7. The scriptures, let me help, the Bible, and you need to read your Bible. You need to read it daily. How many eat every day? How many eat more than one meal a day? How many eat more than two meals a day? How many eat more than three meals a day? You, you know, how many eat 100 meals a day? <laughs> well, if we're to take care of our natural body, shouldn't we take care of our spiritual body? Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The what? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. There's a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge out there, and they're going every which way. But God himself has said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Well, and, well who believes this? Man wrote the book. Isn't it something man's written every book? In the, on, the, on, on this planet, man has written every book. Isn't that something? There's not a book that God wrote. Now, he, the only thing God wrote with his finger were on the, them Ten Commandments. Actually, he wrote, can you imagine? He laser beamed those. But that's it. He didn't write. Well, that was written by man. So is every other book in the world. That's it. The assumption that, well, because it was written by man, it can't be real, then, then every book on the planet is garbage. Well, wait a minute. So, I mean, see, I'm going to go over to apologetics, but i got to come back here. I'm not doing it. I, I am not. But, look at, the, look at the but. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool. There are a lot of fools out there. Many times we, we are foolish. Now, I'm not going to say you're a fool, but we are foolish many times. Why? Because we reject wisdom and instruction. Now, go to Romans 1. I love this verse. This whole chapter is powerful. We'll start, we'll read verse 20. No, you know what, let's have fun. Let's go to verse 18. For the wrath of God. Ooh, you believe the wrath of God? If you believe the Bible, you believe the wrath of God. See, he, he said, you know, you want me to interpret that? He said, you, listen up now. That's what he said. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Well, if his wrath is revealing us all ungodliness, we better learn what's, what it is to be godly. Well, that's for another time. And unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, man is without excuse. Well, if he would just reveal himself, he already has one through creation. So man's without excuse. Look at what it is. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. That's why as believers, we glorify him as God and, and act like believers. They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. What's the moral of that? Stay thankful. You should be very thankful. You know, Marissa said the other day, and I, Christians should be the most joyous people on the face of the earth. But many times we're the most depressed, beat up. Praise the Lord. Back to Romans 20. Verse 21 again, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. 
what happened? They become futile, futile in their thoughts. Their thoughts became wrong. They weren't thinking on God. They weren't thinking on his word. They weren't thinking on what's right. So faith wasn't there. Something else came. And their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. And you can keep reading, and we won't, that brings on all kinds of craziness, change the glory of God into corruptible things. They started worshiping other things. They started bringing in abominations, homosexuality. All these things came because their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay. Go to Genesis 1 now. So God says, you're without excuse. Why? Creation. But there's more to it than just creation. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. Could save billions of dollars of people trying to study all this stuff. And really, it all points to God anyways. If, if they're honest with themselves, everything points to him. In the beginning, and then we read God created man. He created us in his image, breathed life into us. Go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You know where Ecclesiastes is? It's in your Bible. It's right after Proverbs. So if you know where Proverbs is, do you know where Proverbs is? No, then it's, it's after Psalms. Well, it's not, I don't know where Psalms is. Then you go to the beginning of your Bible and look up the table, and con- the table of contents. No, I'm serious. Because some people, they don't, they're not, they don't know where scriptures are. And so we have to help them. Ecclesiastes 3.11, what a verse. I'm going to read it out of the New Living, though. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Eternity. What happens when I die? I go into the ground. I don't believe anybody really truly believes that because eternity is planted in their heart. They, because of, they walked away from God and they don't want to honor God, so they, they, they just they try to throw it away and, well, I've just turned, I'm just whatever, fertilizer or whatever, but eternity's in their heart and that gnawing is always there. Let's keep reading. But even so, people control. No, that's not what it says. Let me start verse. Sorry, you got to read what's there. <clears throat> Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. They can't see it all. And so they try to figure out in their own way. <laughs> God's a self-revealer. God has revealed what he wants revealed to us in here. Well, what if it's not there about God? Then I guess we don't need to know it at, at this moment. There's plenty in there that is going to take us eternity to know this, let alone everything else about God. All right, are you still here? What's this have to do with Easter? Well, because in, if, you're, if you're writing by points, this is, this is the third point. Well, what? Third point. This is the third point. I've already covered two points. You didn't even know that, did you? God's, self-revel- God's self-revelation to man is climaxed with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God's self-revelation to man. It's climaxes. You know, when you see a movie in the climax, well, the climax of the Bible is Jesus Christ but it's all about Jesus. Types and shadows. Go to Isaiah 9. Because you, you want to hear about the story of the resurrection, read, read it in there. But that's where we're going, but we're just going a little bit about it a little bit different. Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Who have they seen? Jesus. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Go to verse 6. 
For unto us a child is born. What is that? That's Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, not Santa Claus. Santa Claus is cool. If you understand that he's a make-believe being. Should you teach your children that Santa Claus is real? No. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And a government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. My God. His name is called Wonderful. When you walk with Jesus, his, he brings wonderfulness to you. Wonderful. Counselor, mighty God. Wait a minute. A child is called mighty God? Amen. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The increase of his government and peace, there's no end. The increase, he brings increase. He wants to bring increase to the government, increase of his peace, and other scriptures increase in other areas. God of increase, and there is no end. There's no end to his government. There's no end to his peace. There's no end to who he is. There is no end. He is the Alpha Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. What's the end of the story? Jesus. What's the beginning of the story? Jesus. What's the middle of the story? Jesus. We got, we've got to get to know Jesus. Who is Jesus? John 1.1. 1, 1. I'm glad you asked. Go to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning. How many were there at the beginning? None of us. Well, what really happened? God spoke. That's what happened. The Big Bang. Call it whatever you want to call it. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. How do you get to know Jesus? You learn about him, and you learn about God through the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He is in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. The revelation of this, of this book became flesh, took on humanity, how is that possible? Amen. So be it. We accept it. What, what happens, we, you have to cross over into the spirit where it, the supernatural. If you don't cross over into the spirit realm, then God, because man will always try to, a natural explanation for divine things. Oh, well, did God, how did, you know, you accept, God's a big God. When you see, and this is a real crude comparison. When you see somebody, like set a world record in weightlifting, and they're squatting hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and you think, how is that possible? And you look and you think, you just shake your head and you think, how can anybody be that, that strong? But when you see it, you accept it. Well, what I'm telling you, what you see from the word of God, accept it. Accept it. You accept God. God's supernatural. God, God did things that will confound the wise. The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. He confounds the wise. But God's very rational at the same time, and yet he can, can confound the wise. Go to John chapter 1. We see the son. 
He's called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. John chapter 1, verse number 29. Remember, God's revelation. In the Jewish community, it's the Passover time. Just finished Passover. I got my hair cut. Anthony was saying, yeah, they were just had a Jewish rabbi on TV. They had TV on in the barber. I said, I said, well, what did, he, what did he say? I said, did he talk about the blood, about Passover, what Passover was? He said, no. When you understand Passover, put the blood on the doorpost. Then it, that, that thing can pass over. Why? Because the blood's covering. Blood covers us, but not the blood of a lamb, uh, an animal, the blood of Jesus. John 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why would he call him the Lamb? Because lambs were used for sacrifices to cover man's sin. You read the Old Testament, you go to Genesis chapter 3, God covered man with tunics of skin. Well, where did he get the skin from? Uh, from an animal. And from then on, the covering, animal covering, blood, all those things leading up to the Lamb of God who takes away sin, Jesus. He's not just covers sin. He takes it away. So John sees him. He says, behold the lamb. This is he whom I said after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. What a revelation. He's saying he was before me. How can a human being be before? <laughs> because he's eternal. He took upon and you know, now forever he's God and man. God man. Whew. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I, do, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Who's John the Baptist? The cousin of Jesus. He was probably played with Jesus as a kid. He didn't know he was the Messiah until this happened. <laughs> he says, I'm testifying he is the Son of God. <sighs> Go to Revelation 19. We have to be literate, not illiterate. When someone's illiterate, they, they're, they're dumb, and I'm not saying that condescending. When people can't read, that, that's how it, it puts them behind in life. Revelation 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He's got another name. That's what it says, that only he knows. You know, he has a, names for us. He's writing it on a rock. You know, we talked about this on Thursday. My rock, I love sapphire. My name is going to be in my mansion in heaven. 
written, my, na- my new name written on that sapphire. Well, how do you know it's sapphire? I don't, but I'm just saying. I like that stone. It's written on a stone. So I'm, I'm petitioning God ahead of time. Lord, write that name on this. You're going to put it on a stone. Put it on a sapphire. It's a stone. Now, maybe Ralph knows more than I do on this, but what stone do you want? Catherine said, I always just pictured like a rock that you find outside. <laughs> Not mine. Uh-uh. It's going to be a big old sapphire with my new name written by the laser beam of God's finger. Uh, excuse me for just kind of getting out there for a moment. You need to get out there. Okay, back to Revelation. I had to figure out where, where, where did I leave off. Okay. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. What blood? His blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Go to John 10. My goodness. John 10, verse 30. I and my Father are one. You know what happened after he said that? Look at verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones against, against, or again to stone him. When he said, my father and I were one, they, they picked up a stone. And they want to kill him. My goodness. Go to John 14. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man or it says no one in the New King James says no one comes to the Father except through me. No one. Well, Jesus, is Jesus really who he says he is? If he is, then he said no one can come to the Father. No, Jesus is just a great man. Well, he's a liar then because he said no man can come to the Father but by me. None. Zero. Well, what does that mean through him? Because he was the sacrifice that led to our new life in Christ, our salvation, because of the shed blood. No man can come because you have to only you have to go through the door of Jesus. You have to have that sacrifice paid for you. It's been paid for all of humanity. Well, then how do we get there? You accept it and confess Jesus as your Lord. That's what the Bible says. He says, if you have if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. He said, if you know me, you know the father. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. Jesus said that. Well, once again, either he's telling the truth or he's a liar. If he's a liar, he can't be trusted. If he can't be trusted, then this whole book is garbage because why would you want to read a book about a liar? Well, I'm going to read the science book. And the guy was a blatant liar. Why would you? Would you? Tr- well, maybe he was telling the truth once. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. I, I, I guess Philip was just had his ears plugged up. Jesus just told him, if you know me, you know the Father. So Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Why? Because Jesus and the Father are one. I have John 1, 1. We've already gone. Go to Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1, 1. I'm going to read it through verse 3 out of the New Living. Long ago, like Star Wars, boom. I'm all right. It's a resurrection Sunday. We just, oh, praise God. Long ago. God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the, through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. 
There it is. He's the, the self-revelation of God is climaxed through Jesus Christ. In these last days, in, or in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. Jesus expresses the very character of God, and we should express the character of Jesus Christ. We have a part to play for people because we, sh- we are to radiate the character of Jesus. Wow, you're telling me that's serious. It, it, you're right, it is serious. That's why if we, are, if we are Christians, we are to live like a Christian. Not, well, I'm, we profess to be a Christian. We, li- we live like, a, like hell on earth, like, like someone that doesn't even have a clue on who Jesus is. We allow things in our lives that shouldn't be allowed. And when, when you walk with God, those things will fall away anyways. And you'll realize, what do I need that for? Sickness? What do I need that for? Now, I know that comes knocking on everybody's door. I know. There's people in here, like myself, who almost died because of those things. But God said, no, wait a minute. Does God want you poor? No. Does God want you sick? No. Does God want you depressed? No. What does he want us? Well, you read in the scriptures, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And then he says, I'm going to leave you with a gift, peace of heart and mind, the New Living says. The world can't give it. Can you imagine? He said, I'm going to leave you with peace of heart, heart and mind. That's why we are to meditate on the right things. Meditate on what? The good report. There's a lot of bad reports out there. There's a, there's a lot of them. I've meditated on bad reports before. We all have. And you meditate on that, so what, what does it lead to? Depression, hopelessness, oppression, fear, you name it. Which then leads to physical sickness. I have a book called None of These Diseases. Written by, and this was written back, I think, in the 70s by a medical doctor. He said 60, he says 60 to 100% of all sickness and disease is caused by fear and depression. And that's, it's, that's what it's caused from. And you think, my God. And nowadays, it's caused by all kinds of weird chemicals that, you know, we, we, we put things together chemically that can lead to it can, it can lead to a breaking down your body. That's why whatever you eat, you do it in faith. You know, they say dr- bottled water and plastic. Plastic causes this. and Well, everything you do, you have to do in faith. Knowing, wait a minute, that God, let God be true and every man a liar. Now, that doesn't mean that, well, I know that's going to kill me, but I'm going to live by faith and I'm going to do it anyways. Well, that's, yeah, go ahead. That's why I quit chewing tobacco after I became a believer. I chewed for months. But I knew it's bad for you. And, okay, God, thank you for your healing, but I'm going to continue to chew until my teeth fall out, and then I'm going to believe you to grow my teeth back. Well, just quit. See, again, we, we are, the Bible calls us wise and harmless as a dove, but wise. We need to be wise. What scripture are we at? All right, let's finish reading this. Verse 3, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Did you hear that? He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. What holds the universe together? God's command. Wait a minute, there's got to be more to it than that. Well, if you're a scientist and you want to study all these things and you get, all, you get down to it, God holds it together by what he spoke. <laughs> That's power. So he wants us to speak too. 
when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in a place of honor at the right hand of, of the majestic God in heaven. Go to Luke 19. God's self-revelation in man to man is climax in Jesus. Well, what's the purpose of Jesus? Go to Luke 19. Well, Jesus showed us how to live. Yes and eh at the same time. Luke 19, verse 10. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, speaking to Zacchaeus, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What's the purpose of Jesus? He came to seek and save that which is lost. <clears throat> That's a whole lot of people that are lost. In fact, all of humanity. That's the purpose. He came to seek and save that which is lost. Go to 1 John 3. See, we're giving you the behind the scenes of Easter. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. This is another reason. This is why the Son of God was manifested. To do what? To destroy the works of the devil. He came to seek and save that which is lost, and he came to destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? <laughs> They're out there. All sin goes back to the deception and the lie that he gave Eve and then Adam just willingly. Let me help you. Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. Adam wasn't. Adam just did it. And you think, what? No. He said, slap that apple or whatever it was. And it's not an apple. It was a fruit. And they always picture an apple. Should have slapped that right out of her hand and told that snake thing to get out of the garden because you have no place in here, get, and that thing would have left. Really, it was the devil. Go to Acts 10, verse 38. Well, why, oh, why was Jesus? Well, here, let's look at Acts 10, 38 also. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing, and what? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Literally, he healed all that the devil uses authority against. He broke the authority of the devil. Who has authority now? Man following the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the ones, the men and women, children that have authority. Well, is that all? Go to Romans 3. Romans 3, verse 23 and 24. For all, how many? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, it says. John, or excuse me, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. I love this verse, and I love using it. Because I tell people, your paycheck. You work, yeah. You get a paycheck at the end of the week or every two weeks, yeah. Well, picture this. The wage of your, of your paycheck. When you get your paycheck next week, and instead of you getting a check, your boss comes and blows your brains out with a gun. Wages of sin is death. Well, that, that's Shakespeare because I just used that example. Of course, it startles them, but it shows them this is your wage of what you've done is death. It doesn't mean a thing. But, but thank God for the but. But 
the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus our Lord. Go to Hebrews 9. See, because as believers, we need to know the purpose of Jesus. Because if you know the purpose, then you can start praying for people who are in bondage, who are, their, their minds, they don't even think right. And you can come against the God of this world who's blinded the minds of those that don't believe. You come against that so that they can start thinking clearly as the gospel presented to them. They still have a choice. But when people are blind, what happens when a person's blind? Yeah, bro, you can't see. What happens if you try to go somewhere and you can't see? You ever see a blind man drive? Now, you might think there's a lot of people that are blind driving because of how they drive. But you, you ever see a blind person drive? Let me ask you, if you went out in the parking lot after service this morning and put a blindfold on and say, we're going to, I'm going to drive home by faith. I don't know. I, I, you're not even going to get out of the parking lot without hitting something. Well, but I'm going to do it by faith. No, that's why God gave you eyes to see. No, when you're, you can't see. You can't go where you're supposed to go unless you have help. Pastor uh, or, or Chaplain Rick Gowanda, I used to go to the uh, Cook County Juvenile Detention Center when I was young. Er. <laughs> I'm still young. This guy was blind. He walked around the detention center. I'm following him. He's blind. I'm thinking, how in the world do you do this? He had a cane. This guy walked all over the place. Well, after years of he could get he had the cane that helped him but he got he could he could get around it's just amazing what the other senses but he didn't drive to get to there it was only limited because he's in the same place over and over and over and over so he could get around pretty good but he still can't get are you hear what i'm saying that's where Jesus comes in. Are you in Hebrews 9, verse 22? Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Go to, that's not what I wanted, that's good. You ever put something down? Oh, you know why? I'm reading, I'm reading Hebrews 10. That's why. You're probably like, that's not what it says. You're right. It doesn't. I'm reading Hebrews 10. Okay, Hebrews 9.22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. There is no forgiveness. Verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. See, we see what was the purpose of Jesus. Well, we just saw several scriptures on the purpose. Sin. <laughs> God. All those things. There's so many other scriptures we could go to. Go to John 1. The death, my last point, the death of religion. We built it all up. Now the death of religion, John 1, 12. What do you mean the death? Once again, what is religion, the definition? Man's expression of his acknowledgement of the divine. John 1, 12. This is like a salvation man. Anybody here not saved? John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. 
How do we become a child? We know that. How do you become a child? By believing. It's not by doing. Mr. Willie, how did you become a Lawson? <laughs> he was born into the Lawson family. Isn't that something at birth? Yeah. <laughs> Here's your birth certificate. You're... You're, yeah, you're, you're right. You don't remember me either. How did I become a Paladino? Well, I was birthed into the Paladino clan. You're born into it. Well, when you're born into the family of God, you become a child of God. Well, what do you do? You accept. You believe. There's nothing you can do. See, as believers, we try then to, to try to please God by we're going to be better. We're going to, be, we're going to try more. And you need to try. I'm going to be better. No, what you need to do is build your relationship, your personal relationship with him. As you build that, you become better. You become stronger. You start realizing things start flowing out of you. Remember the movie Green Lantern. He's got the ring. He had no clue. Marissa's just giving me a funny face like, where, no, where are you pull some of this stuff? And he's got this ring. With this ring, he could do all kinds of stuff. Whatever he would think he could do. So he had to learn that he had this. Well, it's the same way. We have to learn what we have. How do we learn? Through the word, through the Holy Spirit, through fellowship with God. We start learning. And as you learn, you start doing. How many ever, how many has ever ridden the two-wheel bicycle here? Hopefully most all of us. Let me ask you, the first time you ever hopped on that two-wheeler, if they if you had training wheels, did you fall? Have you ever fallen? Okay, what happened? You get back on. You see, you learn. You start realizing, wait a minute. Go to John 3, 3. I'm almost done. Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God shows us how we come into the kingdom of God. How do we become children? By believing. And you can throw in repenting. It just means a change of your mind. It's, it's what you're believing. Repent. Why? For the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, author, repent. John 3, 16. You know that. We can all quote, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever tries no whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life second corinthians 5 17 turn there see we're just because as you need to reestablish your faith in, in what he did second corinthians 5 17 if any man well the king new king james says if anyone is in christ he is or she is they are a new person they're a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. Why? Newness of life. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have newness. And we live through him. My goodness. Galatians chapter 2, the death of religion. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. God wants us to live by faith. Well, what in the world is by faith? You live by and according to the Word of God. How does faith work? It works through learning the Scriptures, getting it in your heart. Well, but also what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. If you read Romans 10, verse 6, the spirit of faith works this way. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. 
If you're going to walk by faith, you need to believe what he said and speak it forth. And do it. If you believe something and you're speaking it with your mouth, you, your body, what you do will naturally follow. What you do is what you really believe and what you've been saying. Oh, God, that's ugly. Well, then what you need to do, change what you're putting in and change what you're saying. God's power. Philippians 3. This is the last verse. Well, I guess it is. I have it in the Amplified. I'm not going to read it in the Amplified, though. If you read Philippians 3, it's one of, one of the most powerful chapters because Paul talks about who he was. This is who I was. And my God, the righteousness according to law, I was. Well, I'll read it. Concerning zeal persecuting the church. Paul was a terrorist or Saul was a terrorist. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You hear what he's saying? Man, if you want to compare me to law, I was about blameless. Well, not really. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered a loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Everything he lost or who he was, identify with in the past, he said, I count it as rubbish. King James says, I count it as dung. I count it as poop, waste, literally. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, that I may know him. That's the death of religion right there. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the death of religion. And I want to finish it with this. And I, my last point, two testimonies, which I'm not going to go into, because one of them is Saul of Tarsus, one of the most powerful testimonies in all of Scripture. And the second testimony is you and me. You're a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are, the, you are a testimony. Don't be afraid to use your testimony. I, I, I can use my testimony and tailor make it for, because I dealt with a lot of garbage because I was messed up. Dealt with all kinds of stuff. But what I can show them is my scar on my wrist because of my temper. And I, I, I've done it hundreds of times. And may it be hundreds of more times. See, the death of religion. Easter is the death of religion.